The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. It's so nice to have you along with us one more time here on Afternoons with Mike on the Shepherd Radio Network. Back on the line with me, someone that I've had here before. I find this guy so incredibly knowledgeable and interesting. Now, you don't always get those two things together. But with Craig <laughs> Huey, you really do. Craig leads the electionforum.org. He is a political analyst. He's a commentator. He's uh, been all over the place giving his thoughts and his interpretations on all things going on in our culture. And he also uh, has something called the Reality Alert. And I want to hear all about that as well. So, Craig Huey, welcome back, my friend. Well, Mike, it's great to be back with you. You know, I, I, we were joking before we began this uh, this interview uh, about the fact that there's just not really go, much going on in the country these days, right? I mean, <laughs> uh, we could talk about maybe ping pong and uh, pickleball or something like that, right? Right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we can make things up. But you know what? Uh, it, it, truth uh, uh, in reality is almost seeming like a, a science fiction novel today. Yeah. It's fast-paced, and it's quite crazy. It's quite crazy out there, and I, I think a lot of people that would have even, let's say, been uh, maybe part of the camp that would have been dis- described as moderate Democrats are wondering what has happened to the party, because it doesn't look, certainly doesn't sound like the Democratic Party of my grandfather's era uh, and what it is today doesn't even feel quite like what we thought it was even 10 years ago. So it, oh, it, yeah. it it's changed a lot, but I, I don't know that it's changed at core level as much as it looks like it has changed on the surface. Would you agree with that kind of a thought? I would, Mike. Here's the thing. If I'm speaking before an audience, and I've got Republicans, and I've got Democrats, and I've got Independents. And if this audience isn't college kids, if it's people who are, you know, 30 and over, I'll ask them often, raise your hand if today's society, culture, and politics is something you never thought you would see 10 years ago. And almost Everybody raises their hand. Yeah, yeah, I don't doubt and, it. it. Yeah, and, and, and so it, it, people have a recognition level. But here's here's the dirty little secret that people just don't realize about the Democratic Party, that politics has changed today. And, and President Obama and his team were geniuses in how they were able to change politics. They were able to change how to win an election. They were able to change how to run a government. They were able to do this by uh, using some of the most advanced technology available. And that carried on over um, after Obama, and, uh, and, and, and they kept perfecting it. So, um, you know, your listeners may not know. But probably the most important election just took place in Wisconsin. And in that election, the Supreme Court was the key issue. In that election, there there was a judicial activist. She's socialist. She's a radical. She wants to change culture and politics. And she should not have won. Nobody thought she was going to win. And then they had a strict constructionist, a kind of a conservative judge, and and this judge would not legislate from the bench like uh, like his opponent. This judge would actually interpret the Constitution and rule based upon the rule of law, and he was supposed to win. And yet the most expensive Supreme Court race in history, $30 million. Most of it from outside the state of 
Wisconsin, mm-hmm. came to this radical judicial activist who won and shocked America. Because, see, the the state of Wisconsin is a swing state. And, and what she campaigned on was that if in 2024 with the presidential election, if there's controversy, which there will be, if there's issues on the election, which there will be, she'll rule against the conservative Republicans. Yeah, and she'll rule for the for the Democrat liberal, and she said that she was going to change the legislative uh, uh, boundaries. She was going to roll back the abortion laws, and she was going to do a number of things. But she got the attention of organizations all over the United States, and she hired the best organizers. And that's exactly what the Democrats do. They out organize. Uh, the uh, the Republicans and the conservatives, the libertarians and the Christians, mm-hmm. and 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 so here here's here's the shocker for the entire nation. This radical who was supposed to lose won by a dramatic percentage. Yeah, it was like fifty five to forty five, right? Exactly. And Mike, it, she won because she used the Democrat formula, where you can hide in a basement, you can be unable to speak because you had a stroke. You can be able to win because it doesn't matter if if you look good on TV or not. It doesn't matter if you can speak uh, articulately or stumble over your words or not. It doesn't matter if you have good positions or not. It doesn't matter in any of those things. What matters is do you know how to identify your potential voter, make sure they get to the poll, by using texting and phoning, knocking on doors, and, and advanced technology to make sure that you get people to vote. And that's what she did. And the Republicans, they were non-existent in this campaign. They were asleep at the wheel, and they basically are about 25 years behind the Democrats and how to win an election. If the Republicans do, whoever the Republican nominee is, in the year 2024, they're going to lose if they do what happened in Wisconsin. Yeah, and it, and, and you can duplicate this too, Mike. In Chicago, they the 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 in Chicago the the people threw out the radical Democrat who was uh, uh, the failed mayor of Lori Lightfoot. Uh, yeah, Chicago. Lori Lightfoot and, and Lightfoot lost in the primary, and she should have. Because of the crime and the broken uh, 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 city government. But what happened was the pro-police one, who had the support of the police, had the support of Republicans, had the support of moderate Democrats, had the support of the, uh, of the even the Democrat establishment. He lost mm-hmm. to a radical progressive. Why did he lose? Because he was 20 years behind what this radical Democrat did, Brandon Johnson. He won the mayor's race in Chicago because he was able to use texting, advanced data, phone, knocking on doors, an army of people. And, and, and just like in Wisconsin, so it was in Chicago, it wasn't only activating the radicals to help out in those areas, but people all over the United States were participating in this. So people right there in Florida who were uh, uh, radical left were texting, phoning, calling, or flying in to knock on doors in Wisconsin and in Chicago. And you had two major wins, and that's because politics today has changed. It really has. And what I'm hearing you say, it's much more organized on a national level. It wasn't just the grassroots growth or the grassroots strategy in Wisconsin or in Chicago that made the difference. It's almost like a, a template, isn't it, that you're describing mm-hmm. that is a national template, something that I'm hearing you credit uh, Obama with, and uh, it, it appears to be working. If that's the case, I, I watched both of those races. I was shocked when, and my first thought, especially about the Chicago one, I, I really thought, honestly, I thought the trend 
of the nation would have mm-hmm. meant that Wisconsin was going to uh, vote this uh, other more conservative, more um, kind of, uh, uh, like you said, a, a, a person who was a believer of law and all of that. I really thought that Wisconsin would put the other the other judge in. Uh, and uh, I wasn't that confident in Chicago. Uh, and mm-hmm. when I read, I saw the Chicago race turn out the way it did. I'm thinking, man, uh, you talk about a, a city that has not learned its lesson yet. Right. And it seems like, you know, the Chicagoans have jumped out of the out of the pan into the fire. I don't know. That's what it feels like right now. Well, it, you, they have. You've identified the consequence. But the cause was because politics has changed. It's about organizing. It's about who, what, in politics, they call it GOTV, get out the vote. It's the GOTV, get out the vote strategy on how to identify your voter. And you can have less money than your opposition. You can also be able to... Um, have a, a, a far worse candidate, but if you're able to organize better, if you're able to mobilize better, and that means you've got the names of the people that are likely to be your voters. Maybe you've done petitions. Maybe you've done these uh, these little polls. What do you think about you know teacher strikes and people vote yes or no, and the and they identify who their people are. And then they go to those people and make sure that those people vote. Mm-hmm. And in in case of uh, Illinois, um, and to a lesser case in Wisconsin, but certainly in most states, luckily not in Florida, but in most states, they have ballot harvesting. And, and with ballot harvesting, it's not illegal. It's in, in 32 states, it's legal. Um, uh, it, 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 it's a matter where... If you don't do it, if you don't understand how to do early voting, you're going to lose. And that's what the Republican Party has to learn nationwide. They have to do early voting. They have to do ballot harvesting. And for Christians nationwide, in in states where it is legal, they have to do church ballot harvesting, which can transform any community. You give me church ballot harvesting, and we'll change the local uh School board will change the Congress, will change the U.S. Senate, will change the presidency, because when you're dealing with churches who uh, can church ballot harvest, you dramatically change the outcome of an election. Mm. Now, we heard all about election fraud in the 2020 election, and and even in the last year, there have been still findings. I'm thinking of Arizona and some of the late, uh, that's that's over a year after the election, still coming out with results on uh, some of the, um, let's say, abnormal practices that were done, maybe even illegally done. Uh, do you feel, Craig, that these two most recent uh, elections in Wisconsin and in Chicago, do you feel that the balloting that went on there, uh, you mentioned ballot harvesting, do you feel that it was mm-hmm. all legal and above ground? I would say the majority of it was how much it was not uh, that that, you know, if we're talking about two percent, five percent, you know, that can make a big difference in an election. But here's the thing. You don't need to do something illegal if you do it well uh, legally. The fact is, though, there are bad players out there. Just remember the mentality of who you're dealing with. You're dealing with ideologues. And these ideologues, ideologues, they believe mm-hmm. they they look at government as salvation. They look at politics as a religion. Their religion is whatever it takes to win. We're going to win, and 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 they're driven. They're driven, and and, and they're driven uh, to to the extreme where they're willing to push the law. Not only that. There's a whole division of the Democratic Party run by uh, uh, Eric Holder that keeps filing lawsuits 
against election integrity laws. Because when they can weaken the election integrity laws, they can take advantage of the election to do the early voting and the ballot harvesting without as much observation and accountability. This is the and, fast and, and furious attorney general that you're talking about, right? Exactly. And he's helped raise and pour millions of dollars into lawsuit after lawsuit. Every state, some 40 states have tightened their election laws. And he's filed lawsuits against these. And, 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 and uh, he, the Democrats have an army of lawyers. And where are the Republicans? They're, they're, they're doing one-tenth of that. Mm-hmm. And, and the Republicans should be filing lawsuits against illegal ballot harvesting. They should be uh, filing lawsuits against city and state governments that are not making sure that they, there's election integrity. But they're pretty silent. And so, again, we come back to an incompetent leadership of the Republican Party. And um, I'm glad to say that, you know, I, I really don't know all the detail in Florida because everybody needs to make sure that in Florida there is election integrity. But I do know that, you know, just this year there's been lawsuits against people who did illegal ballot harvesting in Florida and did things that were over the line legally in Florida. They've been brought to justice. And so that's a good thing. But this needs to be something that's done not only in Florida uh, better, but it also needs to be done nationwide to ensure election integrity. So, you know, the, the, the I cannot imagine, Mike, and I, I think the listeners, can you imagine, just look what's happened in this last four years. Oh, I know. What has happened with us culturally? What has happened with the attacks on the church? What about the war on Christianity that's going on all around us? What, what about the economy? where we have the dollar crashing and under attack, where we have inflation that's uh, officially 6%, but private economists, most people would tell you it's got to be 12% or more. You've you've got uh, uh, the expansion of government. You've got uh, uh, a a, a a sky-high gasoline. Yeah, getting Uh, higher now. Regulations that, that even trying to ban natural gas stoves and what have you—it's a nightmare. Can you imagine to have? We're, we're going to have two more years of that. Can Can you imagine uh, 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 having that for some six more years? I know what America yeah. will look like. Yeah, oh, I mean that—that's oh, wow. why everybody needs to be on their knees and pray. That's right. We need to be calling out to God for repentance, and we need to be able to volunteer. To work for a candidate, work for try to try to turn the Republican Party around and do it. Christians have an obligation uh, to be able to stand firm, and part of standing firm is being able to vote their values and making sure they vote and others vote. Um, We're going to talk about that in a moment. I'm up against a break right now. Craig Huey is my guest from theelectionforum.org. Also the newsletter, The Reality Alert. I'll be back with Craig in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, And yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. 
He's a blogger. He's a political analyst. He's everywhere. Craig Huey is my guest today. Electionforum.org. That's a website that you can find out information on Craig. His newsletter, Reality Alert, is out there for you. He's um, he's written a book. We're going to talk about that in this segment as well. And boy, this whole issue that we just finished up with, Craig, uh, these are times right now that believers have to realize that they're they're entering into this uh, whole election cycle process up against a formidable foe, one that is, um, in most cases, what I'm hearing you say, much more organized than uh, the party of their own personal affiliation. And so we've got to realize that the battle is strong, and the opponent is not weak, and we have to do our homework ourselves if we're going to see some things change in this country. I think that's accurate. Why? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, really, the hope for this nation is the church. So uh, those who are listening, who who uh, uh, believe in uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, forgiveness for sins, those who call themselves born-again or evangelical Christians, conservative Catholics, the fact is that they're the ones who are going to turn this country around. And they, they're they going to do it in several ways, uh, whether it be on uh, on their knees praying, but if they can also be able to uh, actually donate to some good candidates and, and good organizations, or be able to be personal ambassadors. And in the Word of God, we're called to be ambassadors for Christ. Well, and we can be ambassadors to family and friends to make sure they get out and vote. And that's what the radicals do. They, they commit to finding 10, 20, 30 people to take to the poll because most people say, uh, I don't think my vote will count or, you know, it's rigged or, uh, you know, I don't have time or, yeah, I'll vote, but they don't vote. In fact, uh, you know, the, the, the sad fact is the, the, the statistics show that in any church you go to, when I'll go, when I'm speaking at a church, I'll ask how many people, and I'll ask the pastor this too: How many people in this church do you think actually voted in the last election? And and the answers are always around oh, 80, 90 percent, maybe a hundred percent. But when I take the, if they have a vote, uh, a membership list, an attendee list, I match it against the voter registration list. I'll find, and this is in every evangelical church, about 40% of those who are there at that church are not registered to vote. Not even registered. Not even registered. And then I'll find that those who are registered on on a midterm election, closer to 65% do not vote who are registered. And during a presidential race, maybe about 50%, 50%, the 45 to 50% do not vote. Now, when you and take that, Craig, I mean, that just vote. looks like a fraction of the church membership. That is. It is. It is. And yet the, 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 the Christian, the evangelical Christian will vote 86% conservative. You know, it's not a Republican or Democrat thing. It's how to vote your values. Yeah, right. And, and, and they will vote their values if they know who the candidates are and how to vote. They'll, they'll vote their values, but they don't vote, and, and that's the problem. And, and a lot of this is the fault of the pastor and the church leadership because they ignore the election. Um, it wasn't in, in, in the key states in 2016, whether you like Trump or not, uh, Trump won because of the evangelicals who in, in, in the key swing states that he won that Democrats didn't think he was going to win, he used the uh, strategy that the Democrats use, texting, uh, uh, door-to-door. He used the the whole thing with geofencing, where he could, with geofencing, I can identify anybody that was in a church for the last six months, and, and I can send them videos, and Facebook ads and Google ads, and he did that, and he was able to identify his his prospects uh, and bring him to the poll, 
and he won those key uh, 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 swing states, mm-hmm. and he became president. He like did not like Wisconsin, uh, for example. Again? Uh, I said he yep. won Wisconsin yep. by that same exactly. kind of token. Exactly. And he won Wisconsin. And he would not have done that if he had not concentrated on the evangelical vote. Mm-hmm. So that what happened in 2020? In, in, in 2016, most pastors said, we're seeing our Christian rights are being eroded. We're seeing attacks on Israel. We're seeing that, you know, the slaughter of the unborn with abortion. They they go down the list of different things. You've got to go out and vote your values. And whether they they purposely set a candidate or not, they made it clear this is a time as as a Christian, you've got to go out and vote your values because otherwise you're letting evil triumph. And, 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 And in 2020, almost every pastor was silent, not even mentioning that there was an election. Mm. And in 2022, uh, where everybody was shocked that the Republicans did not have a sweep, uh, because the Republicans should have totally taken over the U.S. Senate, totally dominated the House, the Democrats outmarketed them, the church was silent, the Christians stayed home, and so the people who want to have a war on our Christian values and our culture, they won. And, and, and so this election is going to depend upon the pastors and church leaderships, making sure the people in their churches are registered to vote, and making sure, sure that the people go to the polls. Hmm. And, and, and it's that every listener has... Can can do three or four things, whether it be the volunteer, go door to door and knock on doors according to uh, to a certain candidate, or to be able to be in prayer. Uh, there's so many different things you can do. Um, that, like we said with the Democrats, uh, you, you've got a, a in Florida. If there's confidence that the presidential race is going to go for the conservative Republican. Well, then you could be in Florida texting for the uh, person in Wisconsin to be able to go out and vote, just like the Democrats are doing. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to leave your home. Mm. You could be on the phone. You don't have to leave your home. There are so many things you can do, and all these opportunities exist uh, in, in the upcoming election. Wow, there's so many things, so many ramifications. Before we get to your book, and I want to talk about that in a moment, uh, when you look back for just one more glance backwards to what happened in Chicago, and this uh, person that went in, Brandon, what I can't think of his last name, but he, Johnson. Okay, yeah. Brandon Johnson. He one of the campaign things that he did campaign on wasn't as heavily an issue as it would have been with Lori Lightfoot. But but still, from what I understand, he is not a strong proponent at all for the police force there. No, and oh, they- some believe that it, he might be just as uh, just as strong in the opposite direction. So the probably co- worse. How can that be? I mean, help me for a moment. What is going on with Chicagoans when crime is at an all-time high and people are getting murdered at a clip that is just terrible? What in the world are they thinking? that they are doing by putting in a guy that's just going to double down on some of the same stuff? Well, let me tell you two major problems. One is it was a very small minority of people that voted, something like 30 or 35 percent, I believe it was. Oh, my. 30, 35 percent voted. He didn't have to find too many people in Chicago who were radical. He didn't have to find people, uh, you know, if all he had to do is identify who his number one issue is abortion, and he's going to fight for abortion. Mm-hmm. Who's, what, which people in Chicago are uh, for Black Lives Matter? He identifies those. Which people in Chicago are for uh, 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 CRT in the classrooms and, and, and indoctrination in the classroom? He identifies those, and he brings those people to the poll. Yeah. And, and his opposition didn't do that. 
And here was the second thing. The church did not do that. Yeah. Where was the church in Chicago on this? They were silent. They did nothing. And, and, and so the pastors didn't say anything. The people didn't bother the vote. And so Chicago's going downhill even more. More businesses will leave. More people will leave. More young people will be shot and killed. More crime will rise. More places will be uh, burglarized. It, it will begin to be, uh, continue to be a, 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 a declining city in a declining area environment to live in. You know, you know, here's the thing, Mike. His promise on crime was we don't need the police. What we need is I'm going to put a, a, a massive tax on business and people, and we're going to set up a youth core mm-hmm. where we hire and, and basically get every young person in Chicago in this youth core. Now, do you think they're not going to teach CRT oh, yeah. and indoctrinate oh, yeah. these kids? He's going to have a youth army that he creates where he says this youth army will stop the crime. It's a socialist kind of like what you would find in Nazi Germany or communist China or communist Cuba, and he's bringing that to Chicago. You know, you look back and you think about all of the cities that are suffering these kind of plights. I mean, you think of Portland, Oregon, Craig, and recently of the big announcement there, Walmart pulling out of Portland, a city like Portland, and the reasons why they and so many other businesses are are leaving that area. It's because, number one, there's just, it's anarchy, really. And they're losing, yeah. I mean, literally having merchandise walk out the door. I saw a video of a Target uh, in a, a big city, a blue city, just being pillaged by looters and rioters. Uh, this is, you know, you don't even have to have a big cause anymore, it seems, to just see these uh, the merchandise flying out the door illegally. It's it's just unthinkable. God help us. Now, your book that you've written is called The Christian Voter, How to Vote For and Not Against Your Values. And this sounds like something that should be must-reading, my friend. Well, you know, uh, I, I wanted to get a book that would be good for uh, every Christian, every pastor, every church leader, every uh, uh, youth leader. And in there, I talk about how to strategically limit evil, because Christians need to understand that. I talk about the history of the church, pastors, and Christians in shaping America. I talk about, uh, you know, uh, you know, we went over the percentage of Christians who don't vote. I go mm-hmm. over the percentage and, and have why that is. And then I talk about some of the key issues. So a lot of people think, gosh, I don't know how to even talk to somebody about this. Well, I have chapters on uh, how to protect Christian liberty and about uh, the protecting the unborn, and about uh, what a, a judicial activist is or strict constructionist. We talk about Israel in very concise, easy-to-understand terms. I, I give them the ammunition they need. And then I, I, I have at the end of the book uh, about the pastors, a whole chapter on the pastors and what they can legally do. I talk about uh, how to maximize the Christian vote with a whole chapter on ballot harvesting also. And then I even talk about eight ways Christians can mobilize the Christian vote and change our culture and politics, and we can actually win for a change. You know, a lot of this could sound to some ears like, wow, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of pressure. And we have to realize that the other side, those without the same values that we have as believers, uh, as we have as citizens who believe in law and order, who believe in the police force and need the police force, the other side who's against all of those things are already putting that kind of hard work and effort into their cause. And that's what we are fighting up against, right? Absolutely. We, you know, the Word of God tells us in all things, we, we, we need to be able to not only redeem the time, but also excel, to make the most of every moment, to be able to do things with excellence. And as Christians, we can change so much of our culture and so much of our politics if we simply want to make sure that we do better 
than what the radicals are doing, do more effectively uh, an outreach than the radicals do. That's what we need to be able to do to turn this country around and restore the American dream. Oh, we got to see that happen. Now, you've got a couple of things. We've mentioned this book, The Christian Voter, How to Vote For and Not Against Your Values. You've also got the Reality Alert newsletter. Tell us about that. Sure. Reality Alert newsletters weekly uh, usually has about four or five articles on current events that you won't see on Fox, you won't see on CBN, you won't read in the the normal papers that kind of goes into very specific information that will help equip the saints to be able to um, know what's going on. So it's kind of a, uh, uh, we call it reality alert because it gives you reality and it alerts you to what's going on. And uh, if you go to the website, uh, you'd be able to uh, get a free subscription to the newsletter. And also you can find out the information about uh, buying the book, uh, The Christian Voter, or you can go to Amazon and get it there as well. Now that was uh, that website is electionforum.org, right? That is correct. Electionforum.org. We, you know, if, if any of the listeners want to know about how they won in Wisconsin or Chicago, this next week I'm going to have articles detailing all of that. If they want to know about church ballot harvesting, all they have to do is put in the search bar church ballot harvesting, and up will come past articles on uh, where it's happening and how it's done, and my experience in, in experience of doing it at, in, in churches and in California and other places. And uh, it, it's just a good tool to use to be able to see what's going on today. You know, and your site, I used your site in this last election for yep. judgevoterguide.com. What yep. a help that was, Craig. Thank you. Yeah, you know, nobody knows how to vote for judges. In Florida, you have no clue how to vote for judges. But we're the only site in the United States that will tell you who's a strict constructionist, who's a judicial activist, who you should vote for. We do all the research, all the vetting, and all you do is look at the list and you know exactly who to vote for. Uh, Craig Huey, it is always fun to talk with you, my friend, and thank you for what you're doing, for the fight that you're putting up against this tide, and uh, it is not a small battle, but I thank you for helping us all and equipping us all to make that uh, that fight something that we're a part of, too. The name of the book, friends, The Christian Voter, How to Vote For and Not Against Your Values. Craig Huey, thanks for one more time, my friend. Thanks, Mike. Bye. And we'll be right back. This is Afternoons with Mike right here on The Shepherd. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Here we are with segment three on the program with me today for this segment is Vicki Cherry. Vicki is the captain, the Seminole County captain, for a push that's going on in our state It's called the Human Life Protection Amendment. We've had uh, Mark Mink on the program a couple of times in the past. Mark is the state chairman, and he's fighting for human life, and the efforts are to get this onto the 2024 ballot for the Florida uh, constitutional amendment that uh, they're trying to get passed and get it voted for if it makes it. And there's a a lot that's involved in that process of uh, getting amendments uh, put on the state ballot. And Vicki's here today to tell us about that. So welcome, Vicki. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice to have you here. Uh, First, a little bit about yourself. I know you're also involved with House of Hope here in town, right? I am. I work at House of Hope. I've worked there for almost two years. Now, for those in Gainesville, there's a House of Hope up there. That's a little different than the one in Orlando. The one in Orlando is a kind of a home for what used to be called, what uh, Sarah Trollinger used to refer to as runaway teens or throwaway teens. 
Uh, and so I know that back in the day it was young ladies and now you do both and you've got a massive property. Her story is one of the most compelling and interesting and even had a, a segment with Ronald Reagan uh, as a part of the history of, of House of Hope. So We did. We did. We still have his picture up on the wall with Sarah and um, he actually... It was a God thing. He came to town and he, uh, the Orlando Sentinel, I believe, yeah. had an article about House of Hope and Sarah Trollinger. And well, I, I like Sarah. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> and he read it and he got uh, involved. He came to House of Hope and it was one of his highlights. They asked the presidents why they're in office, what was one of the highlights of their time. And I think they give 10 or 12 and, mm-hmm. and House of Hope was one of them. Yeah. Well, anybody who ever knows Sarah Trollinger uh, would say what a what a class lady she is and this organization has always been one that was number one run well and run with a heart for these young people that she serves but but she loves the gospel. She loves the Lord. And it's really exciting to talk with her. And now Carla Mathis is working with you and, and she's kind of like the uh, Carla's the president. She's of now national. the president, mm-hmm. yeah, of mm-hmm. National House of Hope. So there is a difference in these two organizations. They serve different uh, roles, but Vicki is part of that. She's here today, however, to talk about this thing called the Human Life Protection Amendment. How did you get involved in this? Oh, I've always really felt the need to protect the unborn. Uh, I feel like they're the most vulnerable of the people. Yes. And um, they don't have their voice, and so they need voices. And Mark Mink um, has this Human Life Protection Amendment and Assault and Light Council. Uh, we have it in our church. We go to I go to Liberty Church in mm-hmm. Orlando, and they needed captains. And actually, we still do. So if anyone is still, you know, is wanting to put some effort into something that is so critical. Now, Liberty Church is where Paul is the yes. senior pastor. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, of course, Art Alley's a part of that as well. Art is. And yes. he's going to be on my program later this week. Oh. Yeah. Art is such a great, a great man of God. Yeah. And Sarah, she is the biggest person of faith I think I've ever met. So well, you're surrounded some... with some great people, included <laughs> yes. uh, a Mark Mink and Mark and Deborah are friends and love them. And so uh, shout out to them from our Gainesville station, WTMN, up in Gainesville, and we wish uh, Mark and Deborah just continued success with this. Now, this process is, boy, they make it difficult, uh, and rightly so, most would say, to get something on the amendment, to get uh, on the ballot, to become um, an amendment to the Florida State Constitution. So I know that there uh, is a number, it's like the magic number you have to get, uh, and that is somewhat a changeable number, right? I mean, it can be different based on voting and based on registered voters and all of that. I'm, I'm not sure exactly how that works, but. Well, f- across the state of Florida, we need almost 900,000 um, signed petitions to just get ballot placement. And so then after that point, we can get it on the ballot for 2024 and then the voters can vote on right. amendment at that point. And they vote up or down. It's a one way or the other amendment once it's on the ballot, but the work is getting it onto the ballot. So can you explain a little bit about the efforts, what what is it that Mark is aiming for uh, with this new push that's going on for the 2024 ballot? We are trying to get it into onto the Constitution to change the Constitution of Florida to protect the unborn. Right now, um, our state is at 15 weeks, which is only saving about, not, uh, there's still like 94% of abortions done before 15 weeks. Now in Congress, right, or in the legislature right now, they are changing that to I believe it may go through the six weeks. Um, There'll be um, some stipulations for rape and incest and some medical things. Um, This amendment, we're just trying to get the voters to sign the the petitions and get Mm -hmm. it on the ballot and let the the voters decide in 2024. Um, This amendment is very straightforward and it is just to protect the unborn. Uh, there's not a lot of stipulations. There's not a lot of, you know, um, variations. It's just straight. He has, if you go to the website, you can see, you can get the petition, you can download it, you can sign it, and you can send it in. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can contact anybody at Human Life Protection Amendment. Their um, office is in Newberry. 
And if you just go to humanlifefl.com, that's the website, and it'll answer any questions that you have also on there. And now this this work, I mean, it, would this be similar to like what uh, other states have done with the heartbeat law? Um, it's somewhat similar, but it, it'll change the Constitution of Florida. Um, Human Life Protection Amendment feels that there's just too much variation right now. There's too much, there's not enough protection for those unborn. Mm-hmm. And so um, other states are having a problem with um, the liberal um, pro-abortion. They want um, to put, change people's constitution to make it okay to have yeah, an abortion. Codifying it into their constitution to make it an actual right. Uh, something that's uh, going to be very difficult to overturn should that happen. Yes, it would be very, almost impossible. And, um, of course, we're working along the legislator to do the six-week heartbeat bill mm-hmm. and those things, but this is just an added protection, something that maybe because what's going to happen in the next few years when that, legis- you know, the cur- current regime's gone and there's a new one in, it'll be too easy to change those laws back to... 15 weeks or no limitations. And so we're just trying to do, Mark's trying to do everything he can to protect the unborn from conception. How, how is this effort going? It's a, it's a hard road. Um, you know, you we're, we're not trying to change minds. We're just trying to get signed petitions mm-hmm. and we're trying to go to those places where we feel like like-minded people will be conservative uh, churches, but you know, there's resistance everywhere. It is a, it is a big um, controversy right now in our country to protect the unborn, and and there's yeah. a lot of restrictions. You know, a lot of people think, well, yeah, I'm pro-life, but and you know this this amendment, we don't want to argue with anybody. We don't want to fight with anybody. We're just trying to get the petition and let the voters decide. But as far as human life protection amendment goes, we protect those unborn from the minute of conception. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, there's uh, many people who thought that when Roe v. Wade was overturned, that that would kind of make things better in this uh, whole fight. And actually what it did, it, by returning it to the states as it, it did, no longer now federal protection from the Supreme Court, but the states are are are, are now in charge. And the people in that state, uh, that we've seen an uptick now in all of the people who are showing up, let's say, at these abortion clinics used to be it only would be the pro-lifers that were uh, there to kind of protest. Now you pass by any of these things and you see the other side, those that are, I, I never understood they're calling it pro-choice because there's only one choice. They're oh, not there's, really. There's a method to their madness, right? <laughs> right, right. Uh, it's always pro-life yeah. or pro-choice, yeah. but they want to call pro-life pro uh, against abortion, anti-abortion because anti sounds so much worse than pro, right? And so it's, but we can't call them the same as pro-life, pro-abortion. You know, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of things that aren't quite equal there. Yeah, there's a lot there that just does not uh, hold to uh, real true meanings of words. I mean, if you had a choice, uh, no one who, from their standpoint, who believes differently than they have a legitimate choice. And only, only that, only abortion. And, and so we're seeing this fight, it's playing out before our eyes. And it's like you said, it's going on. There are state legislators, there are blue states that are uh, really making this almost like a, a, a destination state for abortion. Oh, and that's third. what they're wanting. We're third in the country. Isn't you know, that um, something? We are. California is first for abortion. New York is second. And Florida, unfortunately, is third. Yeah. Even though we have this, like you said, the 15-week uh, ban, any any woman pregnant with more than a 15-week uh, pregnancy cannot have an abortion, but most of them happen in that first trimester. In that, 94% uh, happened before 15 weeks. And Florida's became a haven for people yeah. to come here and, and have an abortion and then uh, go back to their states. Um, the six week will help that somewhat, but there's still, uh, you know, a lot of people at 15 weeks, it, 15 weeks is, has been really hard because the, the pro-life, like the uh, life affirming clinics, they usually get a chance to tip to touch those people's lives three times that are mm-hmm. thinking of abortion. They'll come in and they'll say, you know, I don't, I'm not sure. 
you know, and they'll show them ultrasounds and they'll give them pregnant, you know, make sure they're, they're showing them that there is a choice, that there is other options abort uh, adoption, you mm-hmm. know, or are those things. But with the 15 week and then with the abortion pill, you have young people, um, they take the pill and then they have, they have their baby and they have, depending on how far along they are, it can be like at 10 weeks, I have little pins that I give to people when they sign the petition and it is the size and shape of a 10 week unborn baby, perfect little feet. And when they have these babies, they don't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. You know, do I flush it down the toilet? Um, do I bury it? Yeah. You know, so they're bringing them into the life affirming clinics and, you know, there's no um, help for these people. We're, we're so in denial of what abortion does to people and to right. that woman, you know, a year, a lot of times a year later, they're, they know what day it is. Mm-hmm. They know that that day a year ago, yeah, you know, their baby died. Yeah. They never forget it. It's a, a really sad thing. And it's uh, obviously that's a life. And we always have to go back to that. We're talking, like you said, vulnerable human life that is being eradicated in the womb. Uh, Vicki, give us, if you will, the address, web address for how people can go and download one of these forms. It doesn't take long, right? Oh, no, it's very quick. You can go on. um, It's humanlifefl.com. And you can go on and you can sign the or print the petition, sign it, and then send it back. Um, There's an address on the petition. It's everything's right there on the petition. And it'll tell it'll give you the petition. It'll give you about the amendment. It'll give you the uh, word for word, the amendment, how it will go on the uh, Constitution if it is passed. Mm-hmm. Um, any questions you have, it has the phone number. It has the address. Mark Mink's information. He is the, the chairman for, the count, uh, for Florida. Mm-hmm. And each county has a captain and all kinds of volunteers. I have a wonderful team in Seminole that helps me. I know they are still looking for an Orange County captain. Um, we, we need people. It's Mm -hmm. a volunteer led operation. Um, and we need a lot of petitions, 900,000 petitions. That's a lot of petitions. Yeah, that's a lot. And give us that address one more time, if you will. It's humanlifefl.com. Humanlifefl.com. Vicki Cherry is the Seminole County captain. Again, if you're interested not only in signing this, but also in volunteering and getting other signatures. Perhaps you would like yourself to be one of the team members as a captain, like what Vicky is. All you have to do is go there and sign up at humanlifefl.com. Vicki Cherry, thanks for being with me. Thank you so much. And friends, that's about all of our time today. We'll see you next time on Afternoons with Mike. <music>